This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Goal. 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 How we win this league anyway? Richard, he's hit it. It's Cradley! Colin Doyle strikes again. The extraordinary is becoming the ordinary for Scotch Wine. Hello again, Andrew. Hello, good evening. I don't wish to, you know, fuel your ego, but seldom do I get requests uh, for non-players. And over the last few days, I've had a few requests for one Andrew Still Davis, um, especially since you have been confirmed as the now permanent uh, head of media and communications. Congratulations for that. But Look at this. What's happening here? People requesting and, and then me doing it. That's that's awful. I should have repelled it. I know. I thought, you know, after having me on once, that'd be enough and people wouldn't want to hear from me again. But I, I, on that note, um, you leave me in there nice. I just because I, I haven't had a chance to respond yet because there were so many. I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart so much for the kind of reaction when I put out on Friday that I was back because honestly, <clears throat> I wasn't expecting any of that. You know, there's stuff we'll get into later on on this pod, I know, um, that we'll talk about. Um, but I wasn't really sure what the reaction would be to me coming back. And I mean, I was just overwhelmed by Twitter and Facebook and the amount of really lovely comments from, from people. So so to everyone who, who, who reached out and, and not just on there, like I had people on Saturday just pat me on the back when I was walking through the car park. Thank you so, so much. Um, it honestly means the world to me. And yeah, I'm just um, I'm, I'm just happy to be back. I'm over the moon to be home. 
Yeah, uh, get a room. Get a room. <laughs> yeah, let's get all that cheesy stuff out now. <laughs> This this episode is is really all about you. So those who've made those requests and been patting your back in the car park will be over the moon with this. But I think it's a really interesting journey for you because, you know, there's been plenty of ups when it comes to Swindon Town, but also its fair share of downs and how every, anyone will react to it in the world of media, in the world of social media. So we'll get to that later, but we'll start nice and light and we'll do it in the same way as we usually do the My 11s. And so I like to go, because you are a Swindon Town fan. So we'll, we'll start with what on earth dragged you into this in the first place? Swindon Town is in my, um, in my uh, family's blood and it has been for a, a very long time. And my granddad's always been a, a huge Swindon Town fan. He was at the League Cup final, the playoff final games. Um, and I think he he tried to get his two sons into it, and and uh, my uncle just isn't into football at all. And my dad decided to go be a West Ham fan because he liked the colours. So <laughs> it, it was um, so I think me and my my brother were kind of his last hope, really. So from as young as I remember, he was taking me to games, and I think we had a season ticket from the age of three or four. And I just, my early kind of memories are, are being taken um, to, to the games by my grandmother when my granddad was playing cricket in the summer and watching Sammy Barkin and Sammy Igo and Stephanie Garanzi and um, Tommy Mooney and those, those um, kind of vintage Swindon teams, you know, Andy King on the touchline, um, you know, Puff and Smoke. So those are my kind of early, early memories. And I just remember being... Um, just hooked and you know going down to the front and having programs signed by players and it was just uh you know when I look back on my childhood Swindon Town features prominently in, in those those happy memories we've spent with our, my grandparents and, and and those are memories I cherish to this day um I will admit I'm you know I'll be a bit of a fraud if I don't admit this I did have a time when Man United were my <laughs> were were the the focus of my uh of my attention and you know for a few years I was I was a big Man United fan you know Renato Rooney I was at the Newcastle game where Rooney scored that wonder goal um but funny enough I remember being at Bristol City away again my granddad took me the, the day we got relegated to League Two I remember just being in the away end and just the emotion of when we scored although we lost that day and went down but just the and I think it was Aaron Brown that scored yep. that day I could be wrong but just the emotion of everyone rushing to the front of the goal, just kind of something swept over me that day. And then from that day, it was like, right, Swindon is the only team for me. Um, and I remember the next season, you know, Dennis Wise and Gus Poyer, and then we're going um, to the Canic Ground on a Tuesday night against Barnet and buying the home and away kit. Royce Brownlee scored that wonder goal in the last minute to win the game. Um, I was there obviously when, when Brezovan broke his arm and kind of all of the drama of that season, the upheaval. But I was just hooked, and, and from that point on, it was, it was you know, Swindon Town was were, were a club for me, and we were locked in this uh, kind of unbreakable relationship that's had its fair share of ups and downs since. But but here we are, still still together. <laughs> well, the bit, the main observation I have here is you are but a child, Andrew Steele Davis. But a child, so you started going. <laughs> so you started going this side of the turn of the minute. Well, you, yeah. you started going two thousand three, four. Is that right? Yeah, around that time. Yeah, two thousand two. I mean, it does shock a lot of people because I look like I should be in my forties, fifties. So, 
<laughs> when, when I talk about that, I think a lot of people are shocked because, like, really, you, you know, you, you, you know, you still that young. You look like you should be, you know, a lot older. But yeah, so 2002, 2003 was, was around the time we we start going, and um, again, just just really happy memories from 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 that era. Yeah. Okay. So you, you mentioned a, a few absolute classic names from that era. <laughs> who else? Who else did you, uh, you know? took you away from the lure of Manchester United to uh, cement your uh, fandom at, towards Swindon? So I was a huge Lee Peacock fan. Okay. Does huge he know this? Does he know fan. this? He, I think he knows this. I, I may have mentioned it to him, although, you know, when I first started working with him, which was, again, one of many surreal moments I've had at the club. Um, I love Barry Court. I was a mascot for the Mansfield game at home, which we won 2-1, but we didn't go up that day because results went against us and I, I walked out of Barry Core but um, huge Barry Core fan huge Lee Peacock fan um, I loved Christian Roberts and when I set up uh, Steel Davis Media which I'm sure we'll come on to he actually did a little bit for me which was again very surreal um, and then you know as you sort of go on Charlie Austin obviously I think for most town fans you know he's got a special place in our hearts for, for what he did and just kind of where he came from and on a personal level, he was the first ever player I interviewed. And I remember a few years later when I was at Flick, um, putting in a request for QPR because it was coming up for the anniversary for when he joined town and it was denied. And then they came back and said, actually, Charlie remembers who you are and that you interviewed him. He was one of the first interviews he did because um, it was one of his first interviews as a town boy, which was just, you know, incredible and um he said no he wants to do it so I went up to the training ground and sat down with him and it was probably one of the best interviews I've ever done um so yeah he he kind of sticks there for for you know more than one reason um he gives you good copy doesn't he Charlie Austin yeah it always gives you good coffee um obviously the, the the Paolo years I I think the so the year we won the title I didn't miss a game home or away um, that year, that was a really fun year to be a fan. You know, Alan Connell that I've dealt with a lot since, you know, he did quite a few bits of the programme in my first and he, you know, I really liked him, Alan McCormack, you know, those kind of players. And that was, again, a very weird year when you look back on it in terms of the kind of turnover of players. But, um, no, I mean, we, you know, I think, you know, you know this, Rich, I think we as Swindon fans are lucky because we've been treated to some really special players and big names and huge moments and those kind of weird moments as well. You know, there's never, uh, you know, never a dull moment. I always compare, you know, Swindon sometimes to um, Harchester United and Dream Team, just without <laughs> all the deaths. That's my, that was always my go-to. It's, we're like Harchester United just without all the overdramatic deaths and all the other, you know, stuff. But um, mm. it's never a dull moment, that's for sure. No, we'll have no assassinations at the FA Cup final, no, please. No, if, if no, you don't we'll, mind. We'll keep them out, please. If you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, so let's talk about like the media side of things okay. because I think sure. I think it's quite an unusual path, really. Because I remember you appearing in the program as Still Davis Media, and you were yeah. awfully young at that point, if I remember. So, what was your sort of pathway, your journey towards? going into this industry? So it started very young because I, I don't know if we're going too far, you know, too deep into the weeds here, but 
I didn't actually really speak as a child. I just always used to communicate through stories. And that's how I communicated. And um, people that are very close in my life to this day kind of always say when we have get-togethers, yeah, you know, you'd always give us, you know, just these notepads full of stories that you'd make up. And, you know, I did what I made up a football team once and did a story. Um, so I was forever kind of just communicating and expressing my feelings through writing. So I think from the age of eight or nine, I knew I wanted to be a sports journalist, even if I didn't know what exactly that was at, the, at that young an age. And that that never really changed. You know, going through school, that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, my family, I don't know, you know, some will know um, the Steel Davis Building Company. Um, you know, it's been going for over 40 years. You know, my granddad started it as a, you know, in his early 20s. And obviously it's a huge company in, in the Wiltshire area. So I think a lot of people kind of just assumed that I would go into that and eventually take over and, and run that. And um, I, I left school and... Uh, I went to college, which just wasn't for me. So, so really, as soon as I left school, I was volunteering for 105.5, which is a community radio station in Swindon. Um, and that kind of got me into um, Swindon. Like, it, it introduced me into the world of covering Swindon Town because we had a Saturday sports show and we'd go during the week to, you know, Nick Watkins, who was a CEO at the time, kindly allowed us to go in and, and do stuff. Um, and I was working at Blunson House Hotel because that's where I lived. So I, I was doing that to earn money and, and, and doing voluntary stuff on the side. Um, and then kind of I, I did go into the family business for a little bit. Just, you know, you get to an age where, you, you know, I was 18 and you want to go out with your mates and have money. So I was doing that. But on the side, I was doing stuff for the Football League paper and NY, which is a kind of agency that, that you know, you, you write stuff and it gets sent off to papers. Um, and then I started Steel Davis Media because I was just desperate to, you know, to try and break through. I remember I applied for um, Chris Tanner was looking for an assistant. And I think that was the job that Tom Otreski got, funnily enough. So I set up Steel Davis Media as a means to really try and get my name out there. And, and the, you know, Tom kindly let me have a page at the back of the programme. Uh, my granddad still got every single one I did, I think. Bless him. <laughs> but it was... Uh, it, it, it was a, a, a long grind. And I always tell kind of people now that want to get into the industry, you have to be prepared to put a lot of voluntary hours in and a lot of, you, you know, you have to take a lot of disappointment as well. And I remember, um, I can't remember what year it was exactly, but I think 2013, 2014, coming up to Christmas and my, and my family were like, right, you, you know, if we get to the other side of Christmas and you haven't got anything, you're going to have to, you know, come back to the family business because, you know, you need to start earning real money. And luckily on four days before Christmas, Flick Wiltshire, who had just, um, they were just bought by Mark Nielsen. Uh, Mark brought me in for a chat because he know you know, he noticed me in and around the, the football club and offered me the sports editor's job. Um, I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I was so out of my depth. It was unreal. Um and that was kind of it. And that was where the, the kind of journey really, really, you know, really began. And there was, you know, a, a lot of rocky moments at the start, you know, because again, I was a, a stupid kid that had no idea what I was doing. Um, some would say I probably still don't, you know. And I, I remember very early on walking to a game at the county ground and approaching Lee Power in the car park to introduce myself. And then next year, I was banned for a few weeks just for trying to introduce myself. 
So there's me thinking, oh, oh whoa, my, whoa, there's whoa. me thinking, oh wow, my, you know, I've blown my career already. Um, you know. So hang on. So at this stage, you're working for very early on in my in my career with Flick and of the overall. And you say, hello, Mr. Power. My name's Andrew. I work for Flick. Look forward to covering you over the... Yeah, we're both walking into the ground. And I think, right, this is my opportunity to introduce myself. And I think it was just, you know, I'm Andrew. I've just started for Flick Wiltshire. You know, and then I remember I I got pulled in on the Monday and was basically, you know, banned. I wasn't banned for long, but I was banned for a couple of weeks, I think. What was the um, reasoning? I can't remember how it was worded because it was a meeting with Tom and I don't think it was Tom's decision, so I don't want to drop, you know. Of course not. But I think it was basically just for approaching him in the car park. I can't remember being given a real concrete reason for why I was... And the funny thing was, a couple of weeks later, he then phoned me and gave me the kind of exclusive that Jack Stevens was signing on loan. Amazing. And then for a period of time, he was feeding us stuff um so that was kind of a weird introduction to how things would 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 go but um yeah you know i i was at flick for a couple of years we had real good success given where we started i had some great battles with, with sam moore's Ed, who i still really really respect and um I, I grew really close with him and he did a great job covering the club in, in very difficult circumstances obviously we, you know we don't need to go into kind of everyone knows that um, and it was a great, great experience. Um, you know, I, I got to cover the playoff final at Wembley, um, which was which was a really, you know, I went out the night before and it was just, um, obviously not the result we wanted, but just <laughs> that experience of being able to cover the club in, in a huge game like that was was great and one a, a real career highlight of mine. And and from that work was, was, was how I got the job at, at Swindon. Yeah, it'd be nice to get Sam on. <laughs> it'd be nice to get Sam on. Um, again, post Lee Power era and see what he can give us. He was very, very good in the couple of times he's been on uh, a few years ago, but that was during the uh, the old regime. So maybe we'll give him a little bit more. One, one, a few things to to pick from that, and I'd forgotten all about yeah. how um, how insanely covered Swindon Town were in the media back in those sort of. Decanio yeah. era. There was yourselves. There was Total. There was Flick. Total. Yeah. The Adver. The Washbag had the podcast as as yeah. well. And th- there was always Nationals around during that time. And I don't think I'm missing anyone else out. You you make a very good point there, actually. And I can't believe I didn't mention them first time around. Ron will rightly kill me. The Washbag has to take a lot of credit for where I am now because Ron was the one who gave me my first real opportunity to, to write about the club. And I honestly don't think I would have gotten into where I am now if it wasn't for Ron giving me that experience. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, I saw him at, just briefly at the game on Saturday in passing and I'm internally grateful for him because it gave me an opportunity to write about the club um, to get me, you know, get my writing chops in so to speak so so i'm glad you mentioned that because I, I should have mentioned the wash no not at all no 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 you're not you're not expected <laughs> to remember every nook and cranny but um yeah i was a big fan of the wash bag uh podcast and and blog i did one article for the uh for the blog but was an yeah. avid listener way back when and i guess 
the only other thing before we move on that I really want to sort of mention there, because yep. what was quite clear when the the job for the role that you're now in um, was put up on the website was a lot of people who may not have the experience or fit all the criteria to do the job. And, you know, a lot of people do go to university and they get the degree. I mean, nowadays there's the university campus of football business that's in Manchester, in Wembley and in Burnley, which has a great reputation, but it's all about doing the work, isn't it? It's about finding a non-league club and just doing stuff for free. It's about getting somewhere just to pick up that portfolio to, to build a show reel if, if, if it's more um, if it's more media based and just doing stuff relentlessly until you find somewhere that that takes you on, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And look, I, you know, obviously people make their own choices in terms of wanting to go to university. And I know people that have had great experiences and, but just for me, I, I just found that, that kind of getting that experience in on the ground and from the ground floor up was, was huge because football's a tough industry. You know, it's very cutthroat. There's a lot of people that want to be in it and you can't, you know, people aren't always going to be nice to you because people are trying to climb the ladder. And so people are going to kind of, you know, this is a bit dramatic. I couldn't think of a better phrase, but people are going to stab you in the back along the way and, and oh, yeah. kind of, you know, be not very nice and I learned that the hard way in some instances but you have to take those knocks and those kind of blows because if you don't you're not going to learn and and you know I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason and I'm kind of wouldn't I don't think I'd be at the point I am now if I didn't you know start off at um 105.5 which you know them and the wash bag were huge in my career and I'll be forever grateful because they allowed me to get my reps and they allowed me to make mistakes and to learn on the job, um, which I think you need to do. You need to learn on the job. You, you know, you, you have to go get those reps in, you know, if you do think, I can't think of the same, but if you do think like 10,000 times or whatever, you become a, you know, an expert, whatever the saying. I've butchered that saying, but um, <laughs> you know, the more you do something, obviously the better you become at it and you need to be able to go out in the field and be able to learn and, kind of watch how others do it and and seeing how people like Sam, you know, I used to study Sam Moore's a lot at how he would ask questions and how he would approach press conferences and I would devour his work and it's getting that experience which is which is huge. And we had um so we've um I won't say his last name, but we we there was a, a young a young guy called Alfie who came and sat in the club press box with me on Saturday. And he's going to come every home game because he wants to get that experience. And I've said, come in, I'll give you a ticket, a press pass every home game. Come in, you know, watch the game, take notes, kind of study what I do. And if, you know, and I've, I, because the path I've taken, for me, that's huge. And I want, I'm so passionate about helping other young people that want to work in football and want to be a sports journalist, help them. So if there's any, you know, if there's anyone out there you know, I'm sure we'll come on to this later, but there's one one thing we want to try and do is set up an internship program at the club. Because again, that experience on the ground is is so crucial and it's something I'm really, really passionate about because it, it was huge for my career and, and I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for that experience. Yeah. How do you feel about 38-year-olds um, of podcasts who want press passes? Rich, I'm going to make sure there's a seat next to me reserved just for you. Thank you very much. We'll write your, we'll write your name into it and next home game, be there and you can sit next to me every home game. I'd love that. 
Thank you very much. Okay, we'll move on from that. <laughs> Hello, I'm Anthony Grant, and you're listening to the Loathed Strangers podcast. Okay, so all is well at the moment, and then the dream job comes up. Okay, so sure. where are we? Who's in charge? What's what's your journey into Swindon Town Football Club? So it, it was an interesting time, kind of. You know, my career's had many, although it's still very young in the grand scheme of things, it's had many kind of interesting twists and turns. And and I was actually volunteering at the Wildcats, the ice hockey, because Flick had, you know, all the money had been pulled out of Flick and we all made redundant. And I was just crushed because it was such a good job. And we just won website of the year, uh, Southwest website of the year. And I was just it was the first kind of real huge setback of my career. And being so young, I, I didn't know how to handle it. And I went and worked on a building site for four weeks, um, you know, doing the kind of rubbish, the, the most awful, you know, jobs possible on the building site um, in Oxford. It was, you know, it was 5 a.m. starts and, you know, working out in the rain and cold. And then I, I got invited to the Swindon Wildcats end of season dinner because obviously I covered them. And, I, you know, talking to Steve now, the owner, who does such a great job over there, and he was like, why don't you come in? And so I volunteered and um, for a few months and I was treated like a full-time job just because, it, you know, that kind of thing is, is what I love to do. You know, writing and, and being a sports journalist is everything to me. So I did that for a few months and we got to the point where they were going to pay me. It wasn't a lot of money, but I was just delighted to be a part of it. You know, Aaron now, who's still there, I, I have a huge amount of respect for and loved working with him. And I was walking home one day I was walking past the ground and this car pulled out, pulled back in and then pulled their window down. It was Steve Anderson. And he was like, we've been trying to get hold of you. Um, you know, we've got a job vacancy. Um, so I kind of got a call the next day and, and went in for, you know, I don't think it was anything too formal. Um, and, then, and, and then went away. And I remember I was at um, Reading Festival. Nice. Um, that weekend and I remember just not really being able to enjoy it fully because I was kind of wondering am I going to get this job or not because obviously it's a job I've wanted since I was a kid and on, on the Monday I got back I, I got the contract through to say you know you're, you've been taken on as, as media manager of Swindon Town and it was um, you know an absolute dream come true you know my, my like I said my granddad's been a lifelong fan and he was over the moon and it was really nice to have that moment with him and and that's where the the, the dream started do, do you know why they were looking for you specifically were they talking to various people or did someone ad, ad, sort of recommend you or did do you feel that they wanted someone that they felt they could sort of well they felt they that wouldn't ruffle feathers and do what they say. I mean, you've got to understand from a fan's point of view that pretty much everything that comes out about this era isn't great, you know, and they did good stuff. You know, there are, there are instances where things were done correctly, but do you you have any reason, do you you know why they went for you? And I I think there was a general, I, I think there was a kind of pattern where, you know, they would kind of bring people and they knew all people at the club knew. So I think with me, it was, they knew of me because I covered the club and they were familiar with me. Um, 
they knew I cared about the club. And yeah, maybe there was an element of they didn't think I would come in and, and be difficult to work with. Um, and obviously, you know, and I think probably a lot of credit has to go to Tom Lutresky, who I absolutely love. I'm still in touch mm. with Tom. And I think he did, I think he put in a good word for me. So I think I have to give a lot of credit to Tom because I, I, I do think he talked to Steve and was like, Andrew would be great. Um, you know, and I shadowed Tom for two weeks and loved every minute of it um, because Tom's, Tom did a great job and is, is great what he did. But I do think there was probably that element of, there. I think there was a pattern of when I was there of, of people coming in that they, they were familiar with yeah. or at least knew of. Was Was there any part of you... I mean, you've got to remember at this stage that you'd already been banned from the club for saying hello. Yeah. Was there any apprehension that you think, well, if this is how they treat outsiders, how what what on earth will happen if I if I do something wrong within the club? Um, there wasn't, you know, just because I it was just I was so I was on cloud nine because it was the job I'd always wanted. Yeah. Um, you know. It was the dream, you know, and I, I've called a few things I've done the dream job, but Swindon was the dream. It was the kind of pinnacle for me because I grew up supporting the club. So kind of anything I may, any doubts I may have had were completely pushed to the background because it was just this, this huge opportunity. Um, I mean, the, the first couple of months were tough. You know, I, I didn't think I fitted in. I, I don't think I did a great job those first couple of months. And I'll be completely honest, I thought about quitting a couple of times. I didn't think anyone liked me. I didn't think I fitted in. Um, you know, I remember there was an incident early on when I got pulled into Luke Williams' office because there was a mix-up. With, with, we, we had a social media assistant at the time and there was a, we had a team photo the day after Oxford away when we lost and there was a mix-up and the the behind the scene pictures of the boys messing around were put out instead of the actual team pictures and kind of Luke gave me a dressing down. And I remember I just said, yeah, it's on me. I'm head of media. So that's my responsibility. I'll take, and at the time I didn't know what he was doing, but he was testing me because he wanted someone that took responsibility and was accountable. And that was kind of the real start of where things started to go right. Because then me and Luke had this relationship, which you know, we, I'm very, very close with Luke to this day, very close with the family. Um, you know, he's been like a father figure to me, uh, one of my favourite people on the planet, uh, him and his family. So, and that's where it, things started to really to go up because I got brought into Luke's inner circle within the club. Um, so when things did go wrong, I had that family within the club and we stuck together, you know, Ross Embleton, Mikey Cooper, Alex Seager, uh, Dean Fortin. Uh, Ryan Charland, the uh, who I grew up with actually is kids and we were a family and we stuck together because it was a a, a a really tough season for a number of different reasons yeah and is that is that the relegation season or is that the season when Martin Lee yeah that's, goes, that's yeah? the relegation season that was the whole relegation Tim Sherwood season yeah yeah <laughs> I can only imagine so are you responsible for the press conference yeah, the famous press conference um, <laughs> gets brought up a lot. Yeah, and I don't mind talking about this at all because with anything like this, the, the things are in the past. And mm. I think a lot of these things people know, so I'm not saying anything out of school or out of turn. So my office at the time was where the gym is now. So it's now being turned into to make the gym bigger. But 
at the time, my office was down the bottom by the gym. So I'm in there. It's, it's a Tuesday night, I think, or Monday night. I think it's Tuesday night. And it's 7, 8 at night. I'm in there doing some work. And I get a phone call from Lee Power. Now, I never really dealt with Lee. I can probably count on two hands the amount of dealings I had with Lee directly. So whenever I had a phone call, it was, okay, something's going on. I just remember him saying, there's something big going tomorrow, making a big announcement. Can you get Sky? Everyone, I said, okay, what is it? He wouldn't tell me. <laughs> and I remember trying to, and and that was it. And I remember trying to explain to Steve that Sky are not going to come down unless we tell them what's going on. And anyway, I, I, I wasn't being told what was going on. So I had to arrange this, this press conference for the next day. And I remember we had a team meeting that morning and everyone was like, come on, you know, you must know what's going on. I think a couple of people were getting a little bit upset because they thought I was high. And I was like, honestly, I'm not, I just, I generally don't know. And, you know, the Wednesday morning was the Red Bull, the Red Bull story came out. So that was obviously, you know, and I know Sam Morzed was on that. So that was obviously fueling stuff. And then we had the whole shambles with the Red Bull cans on the table um and honestly so the media are there they're in the room i didn't know tim Sherd was appointed until he walked up the steps wow and then i had to go in and obviously um announce that but i yeah i generally did not know what was going on until the, the, the minute i saw tim at the top of those steps i remember that day very well and it was because I was I was at that stage I was well you know I still work in learning and development but I was um, training at that point and I was in this basement in my office but you you couldn't get a phone reception so you know yeah. only you check your phone at your breaks and so forth and in the morning there was all this Red Bull stuff and that was a big test I got to be honest because you know the dilemma was a moral one like. You know, do you want to be taken over by this big bad corporation, or do you want to rise up the leagues with all of this lovely money, <laughs> with all of this yeah. uh, energy drink money? And I remember sort of like working, sort of talking to these delegates about how great their job is going to be and how easy it is, and you know, teaching them all that. And in in my mind, I was like, Red Bull Swindon Town, Red Bull Swindon. How am I gonna am I am I gonna, you know, moral high ground this? And then by the time I get yeah. to lunch, it's Tim Bloody Sherwood. Everyone's wearing yeah. turtlenecks, and I'm absolutely like, well, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's 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 different, isn't it? Um, and and you know, they they looked like two, you know, people that were doing a UK tour of the musical of Sweeney or something, you know. They looked like, yeah, that was an interesting day, wasn't it? What what is it like? being in an inner circle within a club where things aren't going well and, you know, stuff like Tim Sherwood going into, going on to the dugout in the FA Cup, and which is, yeah. which is belittling, you know, a man who was so highly thought of within the football club. Everybody wanted Williams to do well at Swindon. Yeah. Nobody really was convinced that he wanted the job and he took it on in difficult circumstances yeah. because of what happened with Martin Ling, which everyone understood and the club dealt with really well. Um, and then suddenly it all goes really, really wrong during his very early stages of a five-year contract. And then you've got Tim Sherwood 
going down there and not making any difference. What what was that like? It it was tough because it personally it was tough because you know I make no secret of it. I, I loved Luke and I still love Luke to this day. Like I said, I'm I'm incredibly you know I'm an extension of his family. And so it's like anything, when you see a family member go through tough times, it's heartbreaking. And I yeah. was seeing a really good man that cared about the club, and he still does, by the way, get put through an incredible amount throughout that season. And, you know, I'm not going to go into details out of respect to because that's not my story to tell. But the whole Tim thing was just, it, uh, you know, I don't really know what went on. I talked to Tim once, and that was the day he joined. And I didn't really see him about other than that. You know, there was obviously the, the Charlton thing, which got turned into a PR stunt and then the whole FA Cup thing. But it, it was just really tough because, you know, like I said, Luke and and, those, and that coaching team generally cared about the club. And, and I, I, you know, this may not be a popular opinion, but I stick to this to this day. If Luke was allowed to do the job he was given, we, we, we could have got to the championship. I, and I, I stick by that a million percent. And some people may say, well, you know, you've just admitted that you're close to Luke, so you buy it. That's fine. But that my my belief at the time and now is that if Luke was allowed to do the job, he would have gotten us to the championship. Yeah. If he, if, if he was allowed to do the job and was left alone, but it was just, that whole season was just, it, it, it was just really, really tough. And, um, you know, I remember Luke obviously being fired at the end and, uh, it, it was a draining season and again I, I went to New York and this will lead us into I'm sure the next topic on your, your subject list which was the next manager so I won't touch on that now but I was just really deflated because I saw some really good people lose their jobs when personally I don't think they, they needed to lose their jobs I think it was completely avoidable and to this day I think probably a lot of people are the same I don't really know what the Tim Sherwood era achieved or what it was meant to achieve the worst yeah. thing is, is is the fact they denied it was ever a thing afterwards the way you know Sherwood went on to goals on Sunday or whatever it yeah. was and said I was just doing a favour it was never an official you had a press conference man you stood in front yeah. there taking photos it was official um, it was just a big yeah. failure. And sometimes you just got to call it what it was. It was a horrific car crash of, of, a, of a failure. But without being an expert on Bristol Rovers and Ben Garner, I see some parallels with Williams and Garner in, in Garner wasn't able to do his job at Bristol Rovers. I was no different than probably the majority of Swindon Town fans when Garner rocked up. You go on their Wikipedia page, you look at their win yeah. percentage at the previous club and you go, what the hell are they thinking without yeah. any sort of you know, understanding of what happens during that time. And, you know, that's in the past now. And it's it's clear that, you know, Ghana for Swindon might be a better fit for us than it was for Bristol Rovers. And we'll, time will tell on that. But yeah, because of your relationship with Luke Williams and Luke Williams now goes after the Charlton final game of the season against Charlton, how, how do you feel at that stage? Because you're in that circle now and like Olympic, you are an employee of Swindon Town, but you must be thinking, do I want to be doing this given what's happened to, to yeah. someone I really do care about? Yeah, and you know, you summed it up perfectly. Those, those are the exact thoughts going through my head because Luke at that point was um, he was family at that point. You know, and I, I remember going back to we played MK Dons over Christmas just before New Year's. 
And it was one of those games where it was just a car crash and it was, you know, purely down to what was going on uh, above. Um, and I remember the next day I was on my way to Blunton House because kind of every year we did a reunion there because a bunch of us worked there. And I remember Luke phoning me and I remember turning to my best friend saying, yep, that's it, Luke's probably gone. And it wasn't. He was inviting me around his house New Year's Eve. Um <laughs> which was, again, was an incredible moment and a, a memory I'll, I'll cherish. But yeah, I, I remember straight after the Charlton game, I remember thinking, I, I don't know. I don't really know where I see myself because I sort of aligned myself with Luke and he made me not only into, and I know this is going to sound really cheesy, so I apologise, but he he's a huge part of me, the person I am today, because there was some stuff that was going on in my personal life that will... will that kind of played a part later on in the next, that he he was, you know, he that was where the father figure came into. Um, so I was kind of incredibly lost for a little moment because I was thinking, well, where where do I now fit into this picture? Because yeah. again, I was still very young. I was still very naive. Um, I was still very inexperienced when it came to working for a football club. Luke was the kind of only manager I knew. So, and I remember, you know, doing the, the press release for Luke going was the hardest thing I've, you know, I've ever had to do because I felt like I stabbed. I remember phoning him in tears because I thought I stabbed him in the back. I wasn't. I was doing my job, but that was kind of how how tough it was. And it was those few weeks after the end of the season, which was really cut, was just really tough and really weird because it wasn't just Luke as well. It was Ross Hambleton and you know Mikey Cooper and you know people that I are still very huge figures in my life to this day. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt that would be tough for anyone in any working environment. It's never, never nice when you lose work colleagues that you really look up to. And you, it's always that fear of the unknown, isn't it? Of, you know, what's the new guy going to be like, what's that new colleague. And I mean, if you want to talk about chalk and cheese, David Flitcroft and Luke <laughs> Williams, are polar opposites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think that everyone's kind of got their David Flickroft stories and there's a few out there. Um, when he got announced, I was in New York. And I remember it was six in the morning, New York time. And my brother was in a mood with me the rest of the day because my phone kept going off and woke us up. And it was Steve saying, look, can you put out a release that we've appointed David Flickroft? So I did that and he was in Florida at the time. And I remember I flew, I flew back and I talked to him on the phone for four hours. And I got off the phone thinking, you know what? He's going to be great. You know, everything he said on the phone, he had his whole kind of philosophy and how he wanted to do things and everything he said about what he wanted to do with the media. I thought, great, okay, let's get back to work. Like Luke's still, still in your life. He's not the football club, but he's still family. So let's get back to work. And I felt you know, obviously going away and having a breakout, I, I felt ready to go. I felt refreshed. You know, and I remember when we officially announced him, we had the press conference and, and I think he he stayed on the pitch and did additional media for a good four or five hours. It was a really hot day. And I remember going away and typing all that stuff up thinking, yep, here we go. Um, sadly, it was probably two weeks and the kind of real story inside of David Flickcroft came out and that's when you know things really began to take a nosedive yeah and I'm not going to ask you to sort of give warts and all if you're not prepared to because this is this is the past 
Um, yeah. But it, it it ultimately results in you leaving the club, doesn't it? It, it, it yeah. gets to a point where enough is enough. Yeah, we, we talked before we came on, you know, I'm going to, I think this is a good opportunity for me to set the record straight on a couple of things, which we'll get to. I think the thing with, with Flitcroft is he grew up in a football family that was very old school and he had an old school way of doing things. And for whatever reason, he just didn't really seem to trust those who had a relationship with the previous management. Um, he also didn't really have a good relationship at all with um, the people running the club. Um, and for whatever reason, he didn't trust me from day one. Um, and when, when there's no trust between a manager and a head of media, things are going to go wrong. And there was just no trust from, from day one. And it kind of got worse and worse as it went on. Um, you know, again, nothing kind of went right. And, you know, I, I think he thought I was kind of acting as a, you know, I would run off and tell people stuff, which wasn't happening at all. Um there was, was tough, there, was, there was there was rumours of um, a leak around that time, wasn't there? I think there was someone on the advertiser website that was giving away a lot of information, wasn't there? Yeah, so so at that time, I had some personal struggles that I was very open with. Um, kind of, it had been a long time coming that I never really dealt with, and I was mm. very open with that at the time. Um people will argue maybe I shouldn't have been, but again, that's in the past. And there's a lot of things that year I didn't deal well with. I didn't handle myself in the most responsible and professional way at all times. And I you know, I think towards the end, I didn't always handle myself with, with Dave in the most professional way. You know, and if I saw him now, I would shake his hand and say, how are you doing? Because things are in the past and things happen and people change and, um, but it was a, it was a really difficult year for me personally. Um, kind of a lot of stuff happened that kind of made me question where I was and what I wanted to do. And you know, I was always having a, an identity crisis, not to make it sound too dramatic. Um, and that kind of you know didn't you know I didn't go to Portugal on preseason um, for a personal reason, and I think that didn't help my relationship with Dave. Um, in terms of building a relationship and there was things that went on during the year um, you know and I was going to leave at one point and then I came back um, and obviously David left by that point um, you know Matty Taylor who I love to this day I love you know Tails is one of the most impressive human beings I've ever come across um, you know I stayed to his caretaker game and then Phil Brown came in um, and obviously we can go back over some of those stuff if you want in a minute, but yeah, ultimately the kind of, I was getting to the point where I just felt I needed a break and I needed to kind of have a minute to think of what I really wanted to do. Um, so I went, I, I applied, I interviewed for a nine to five job. Um, you know, in my, you know, to keep things completely open and transparent my end, I'd asked to work from home that day although the interview wasn't until half five. Um, and then that was kind of misconstru misconstrued by um, upper management who didn't take kindly to that. Um, and then I think, you know, there was things coming out that I was the leak 
Um, and that was kind of how the, the first chapter ended in a really kind of horrible and, and messy way. And look, you know, there was people within the club that I was close to that said, well, it would make sense if it was you. And I get that because the media manager knows stuff. But, you know, one thing I used to say was, you know, I remember the Ben Gladwin signing. I walked back to my desk to an email from QPR saying, when do you want to announce this? Um, there was times I didn't even know signings were going on. Um, and, and yeah, and, you know, I like, you, you know, again, it's in the past, but, I, you know, I, I categorically denied it then. I'll do it now. I never did anything to harm that football club. No. And that's kind of why things, you know, got as bad as they did because it was, a, you know, it was a, a really messy ending to what was at that point still a really great experience for me, even if, you know, with ups and downs. No, that's perfectly understandable. And, you know, I appreciate you. <laughs> explaining that in 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 an appropriate amount of detail i don't think we need to go through the like the nitty-gritty you know the, some things i more than understand belong within the corridors of the county grounds and yeah, maybe the inboxes as well as well um so thank you for that but i think what happens in modern times is that you know you might not know somebody but because of social media you, yeah. you get this impression of something. And I mean, as somebody who, you know, before the last couple of weeks, we haven't ever interacted, but no. I followed you on social media because you were the, yep. from the town head of media and communications. And mm-hmm. so you were in really, you know, fell for US sports in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you went to try and pursue a career by covering, you know, um, NHL and others yeah. and other and other sports in America and that became your passion clear as day but what was also noticeable that you were really falling out of love with football and Swindon yeah. Town and everyone can see that and I think there was one comment yeah. you made and it wasn't even that long ago no. this year 2021 where I think I unfollowed you at that stage because it was like, well, this guy clearly doesn't like football anymore. So yeah. I'm going to just, you know, <laughs> this guy's on his own journey now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, bef- before we get to the return, mm-hmm. what, what did Swindon Town and football, and in terms of both you privately and in terms of your career, what what was what was going on in, in that stage? Yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that because I think this gives me an opportunity to kind of set a record straight and, you know, put a, an apology if that's the right way to put it out. You know, the American sports thing was something I, I'd kind of always, you know, I, I'd always kind of been interested in certain elements for a few years, even before I got the Swindon job, you know, and even today it's something I enjoy watching to switch off. You know, the way things ended at Swindon, again, like I said, that year was a real challenging year personally. There was a lot of things I had to go and work out. And I didn't handle things very well towards the end at all. And I didn't ha- I didn't always act in the most professional way. And I left Swindon. I took a nine-to-five job. And, you know, it kind of gave me time to think and, you know, gave me other opportunity to pursue. But I always, I kind of just... The, the way things end, and again, there's certain things I won't get into just because things are in the past. I'm back at the club now. I want to look forward. But the way it ended just left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I think kind of rather than kind of unpack it, I just used it as a kind of, well, 
that's it now, you know. Mm. And, you know, so I'm, go- I'm kind of not explaining this very well, but I-, I think kind of a lot of people will tell you sometimes when you work in football, the last thing you want to do is watch football in your spare time. So by that point, I think I just needed a complete break, which is where kind of not watching football came into it. But I think there was always a part of me that kind of had this this anger and this kind of resentment. And it wasn't at the football club. You know, it wasn't at the football club. It was kind of at, you know, other ends. It's at the custodian that, of the football club, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's like you're, you're directing your frustration at, yeah. and you say Swindon do badly. You're not celebrating Swindon do badly. You'll celebrate no. that something is going wrong for somebody or people that treated you badly. I, I think the easiest way I can kind of, before we get onto the return and, and the positive stuff, I think the easiest way to I can say this is we all do stupid things. Oh, we yes. all say stupid things and social oh, media yes. is, is at the heart of that. And I've made some really stupid comments recently as well. It's not like, you know, where I wish I didn't. I regret them. I don't know what I was trying to achieve. Um, it was completely stupid on my part, and it, it you know, and I'm lucky it didn't kind of cost me this time around in terms of coming back. And we'll get on to that because that was a worry of mine. And yeah, it, it was just a boneheaded series of kind of decisions by me. Again, I don't, I can't explain them because I don't know why I went down that road. Um, I just had this kind of issue that I didn't really deal with with with, with the kind of previous regime and I, I didn't always act in the most mature way um, and you know something I'm still learning to this day is that sometimes you need to think before you tweet <laughs> um, and look I hold my hands up I'm not perfect I make mistakes even now you know I'm still going through life and as we all are and we learn every day and you know and what I will say to you know, what we touched on at the start, the the reaction I got coming back was the reason it was so overwhelming was because I was a little bit worried that there would be, you know, and I know we talked before, I know there's probably a couple of things out there. I mean, by and large, I've not had any really negative said to me, but what I will say to those who may have doubts, I wouldn't have gone back to the club if I didn't care about the club. And I never stopped loving this football club. This is my club. I, You know, this is in my family's blood. And even in those moments when I made stupid comments on social media, I loved the club and it hurt me to death. And that's not an exaggeration. It hurt. And, and you know, a part of me pained me when they won the league because I wanted to be a part of that. And it was kind of all these stupid feelings that I never untangled. Um, but, you know, and I think that's just my message. I said some stupid things. I did some stupid things. That's kind of all in the past now, but I never stopped loving the club. And the reason I've come back is because I want to help the new ownership take this club to the very top. And I wouldn't waste anyone's time if my intentions were not genuine. Um, And that's all I can say really is that, you know, I'm back because I want to be back and because I care for this club deeply and I love this club and that never went away. And I like to think kind of what you've seen over the last few weeks has kind of proved that. And it's up to me to continue to prove that. And I will say it didn't take me very long to get that spark back for football again, because <laughs> it was always there. It just needed, it just something needed to to light it. And, and it did. And I'm, I'm just over the moon to be back. Yeah, that was really nicely put. 
again, and I think ultimately you don't have to justify yourself to anybody in terms of what you want to do in your career and what you're thinking at the same time. Social media makes people put two and two together and sometimes it doesn't equate to four, does it? So, Because I was a little bit worried because obviously I, I helped the club out for a few weeks before I got the job and I'm, you know, I was a little bit worried that was going to be it. But for me, you know, I always wanted to come back to the football club. Mm. I always wanted and but I was kind of, there was this real lingering fear that I would never get the opportunity because truthfully, I never thought that the club would be in good hands again. You know, I never thought that the previous regime would, would, would sell up. But I think, you know, people, you know, I think people were right to make judgments because I gave them that ammunition, unfortunately. But again, it's kind of the last few weeks, I think, is has been great. And I think hopefully, and I've ta- I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of fans and hopefully my passion for the club and my love for the club, which is genuine and real, hopefully that comes across and I can start proving to people that I'm here because I want to be here. I think it's safe to say it comes across. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> Monka tackled Cantona. Cantona reacted strongly as a player must and won it back but it was the afters that's what all the fuss is about now here goes Brian Hill over to the linesman on the far side he's going to have a word with Jerry Lee there's a card coming out it's red and Cantona goes What was it like seeing little, you know, baby Ellis Iandolo and Dion Conroy when you returned? Did you pinch their cheeks and say, my, how, how you've both grown? You know what? It, it, so Ellis, I've always had a great relationship with both. And Ellis has always been so... I remember when I worked for um, this IT company, we had a couple of work days out at the county ground. I remember I went down and saw Ellis. And I, I love Ellis to bits. He's always been great with me. So seeing him was, was great. But with Dion, it was weird because... I was the one that did Dion signing when he first joined from Chelsea. And I looked at a picture the other day and it was like, he's, you know, I, I don't mean to patronise him, but like, he's a man now. And like yeah. the, the man he's transformed, I'm so proud of him because he's had to overcome so many difficult challenges and he leads his club so well on and off the field. And I, I love Dion to bits. I, I, you know, um, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm so, so proud of him. For, for the journey he, he's been on and, and where he is now and Ellis as well yeah and it was just great to be back working with him amen to that okay then so you were back for a couple of weeks on an interim basis last we only spoke a few yeah. days ago and you were interim yeah. and now you know yeah. you're a permanent member of staff I will take some credit for you, that I was just going to say you were the good luck charm there. that was the good I luck charm that day that absolutely and it's been a real whirlwind for you it's been a whirlwind for all of us from the outside (laughs) let alone I've never known anything like it it's been relentless in terms of good good news good feelings and that's weird in its own right because having experienced what we did as fans during the the first half of this year which was miserable it was miserable on the pitch it was miserable off the pitch a perfect storm the worst it can be and then have it now where you're kind of like you're recovering from the awful and to the point where you're kind of like, well, when is it, when is this going to go wrong? When, when yeah. are you going to give me the bad news? And I'm, I'm one of these sort of fans and I've said it many times before is I'll always be on the back foot. I wouldn't trust my mum if she bought Swindon Town Football Club. You know, <laughs> um, it, It's just one of those things. 
And you've come in during sort of the wave of that. You know, you've you've grabbed the situation from, you know, Danny was doing it uh, for a little while, along with the many other tasks he was doing. And I can't even imagine the difference of what it is now in just a few weeks to what you experienced previously. Yeah, before before I go, I, I have to say, you know, Danny Lee, you mentioned there, um, did a great job with it. Danny, I worked with in my first bow and, you know, Danny's great. We, we've got a really close relationship and he did such a good job given that, you know, that wasn't even his proper job, you know, head of commercial. And in the summer, head of commercial is kind of where a lot of your work, uh, you know, a lot of the hard work's done. So he did an amazing job with it, um, you know, and everyone at the club, um, there's kind of too many names to mention, but everyone at the club's done an unbelievable job. The, you know, I can't just praise everyone, and not that they need my praise, but just everyone at the club's been putting an absolute shift in um, to get this club back. And I think that leads into, as you were saying there, the, the different feeling. And I've said to people, it's not day and night, it's like a whole different universe. Mm in terms of what it was like and what it is now. And it's been, I mean, it's been a chaotic few weeks for everyone because there's, you know, obviously there's been a lot of stuff to do, a lot of catching up to do, a lot of stuff that is normally done earlier in the summer that is only being done now for obviously various reasons. Um, and so it's been a really kind of mad few weeks. And it's only really this this weekend that I've had kind of time to reflect on stuff a little bit. And I'm sure that's the same for everyone else. But I, and I said this exact comment to a few family this weekend. I don't think I've ever worked this hard <laughs> in my life, but I've never felt this rewarded either. Oh, that's nice. Um, every night when it's been a long day and there's a lot of stuff going on, you can sit back and think, you know what? We really achieved something and we've got the most incredible team on the field. We've got the most incredible team off the field. Um, the, the chemistry is really like, it is just out of this world. Everyone's pulling for each other. If, if someone's struggling, we pick each other up. We help each other out. Um, you know, we all want to take this club as, as high as we can go. Obviously Clem has been unbelievable. Um, you know, and I'm forever grateful for him and Rob for giving me the opportunity to come home um, again cheesy comment but we'll, we'll let, very um, cheesy very, very cheesy. cheesy got to slide a few of them in um <laughs> rob is rob angus is just unbelievable you know unbelievable obviously he's a lifelong fan of the club but just kind of how he he manages the team and works with us and and the way both clem and rob encourage all of us to bring ideas to the table you know, the, the shirt thing we did at halftime on Saturday's game was something that we as a team came up with. And the fact that we're being encouraged to come up with those ideas. And, you know, and I know Robert, Rob and Clement said this a lot. We're not always going to get everything right, but we're going to be open and transparent. And from a media standpoint, so if there's any feedback, I'm going to take that on board and see what, you know, we're always looking to improve. But, yeah, just the atmosphere at the club is, I've never experienced anything like it. And it is honestly a pleasure to be a part of every. I, I go in every day smiling. Because it's just it's just unbelievable from top to bottom, and there is you know we are building something really special here. I do I do believe that. And I think the thing that I love the most about what you've just said is you've just you know I've I've talked to Rob a fair few times. I've interacted with him quite a bit off mic, and I've had one interaction with Clem Orfuni. Um, I I feel like I I know you know Rob to yeah. uh, to know what he's all about, but what where you describe them is almost and for want of a better phrase 
normal. Yeah. By that I mean like when you hear Clem and Rob talk in this relentless whirlwind of like this press junket they're on, this this promotion that which is all fair and absolutely essential to get fans to get sponsors on board again. You you do feel it's not scripted as such, but you do feel that you know they've got an agenda and it's almost like politicians. They're they're saying what their goals are. And what you just said there, it's just like we're going to get things wrong. And of course they are. And that's really, really good. And it's good that they're reaching out. They're not just going, we've got a great idea here. You're going to make sure it happens. They're reaching out to the rest of the team, making sure they're earning their wage by bringing stuff to the table. And when there are people, you know, the overwhelming majority of the staff are Swindonians. And if not, you know, near damn it, that can only be a good thing, can't it? Yeah. You know, you said, you know, like Rob did a couple of, you know, he spoke to BBC Wiltshire Saturday and we had a guy from the Times doing a column on us, which was in, today, in Monday's paper, and he spoke to both Rob and Clem. They didn't get a script for me. There was no script. They spoke from the heart and what they believe, because what they believe is what they're doing with the club now, because, you know, they're, they're basically carrying out what, what they feel is best for the club. And that all comes from, so you don't need a script for that. And that's the great thing. And and I think the biggest thing as well, because, you know, it's kind of been a pattern in this chat, but I think the big one of the biggest things is accountability because you're not living in the real world if you think you can go through life without getting things wrong. Yeah. You know, we all make mistakes and there's going to be things we get. And, you know, Rob's already referenced it in his program notes and in interviews. You know, there was kind of improved, there's improvements we can make after the first few home games that, that people are fed back and we're, we're going to strive to make those improvements. And I, we all want to be you know, open and transparent. And I think, you know, as long as fans see that, I think, that, you know, they don't mind if things go wrong because as long as we work to correct them and, and make things right, it's, you know, that, that's the way way to go. But it's been, you know, just a, a, a breath of fresh air, honestly. Um, and, you know, like I said, it, it's a it's a great team on and off. I, I've, I've already got a really good relationship with the gaffer and the players and, and you know, Ben Chorley. And it's just... You know, you go into work every day and, and although it, it's chaotic at the moment, you, you can't help but smile because it's we are we're, we're going in the right direction. And I think fans should be excited because we're, we're you know, we're, we're building something special and we're, we're, we're on the up. And isn't that lovely and very, very nice to hear. Um, let's, let's, let's wrap it up by by talking about your plans and what you've got, you know, <laughs> I, I am a huge, huge fan of what Ben and Will achieved at Swindon under very trying sure, circumstances. Yeah. And I will not say anything else about them. I'll defend them both to the death. They did oh, an absolute yeah. incredible job and they're very, very talented at what they at what they do. And they have got long and successful careers ahead of them in this racket without a doubt. But you, I guess, have got keys to a different sweet shop when it comes to the role. It's a different, it's a different ownership, a different perspective, a different angle. So, I mean, what is the plan for for, for your role? So, what what can you do, and what are you looking to yeah. do to engage with the fans? And I'm glad you said that because you know both Ben and Will did a, did an amazing job, and I think you know. Ben took the job I did and took that to another level. And then Will did the same when he took over from Ben. And I, and I don't think anyone should diminish their, what they achieved because a lot of stuff I can tell you from my experience was out of their hands. 
you know, whatever you think can't be laid back to them because a lot of all that wouldn't have been any of their decision. It would have been taken out of the hands. So I'm glad you said that because they both deserve to be recognised for the amazing job they did and they're doing amazing jobs in their new roles. And I, I spoke to I've spoken to both Ben and Will since I've been back and you know they both offered their services to help and I think that shows their love for the club still so they, they, they were both great and and it's um you know it's great to still be in touch with them in terms of kind of my plans now I mean yeah she said we're we're operating in a very different universe now mm-hmm. um yeah I think I, I think the opportunities are kind of endless really because I'm going to be given the freedom to go and do what what I think is best, you know, we've got the uncut boys coming back in September. Um, you know, I wanted to touch on that because a lot of people have been asking, obviously, you know, there's been a lot going on and we've needed time to kind of get the basics sorted, but I promise fans that video will be a huge part of what we're doing. I, and I didn't do a great job of that in my first role. That was one thing I wasn't great at. Um, it's one thing I need to improve on. Uh, the uncut boys are going to help with that. We've got other kind of avenues we're looking at into doing more video. Um, iFollow has got certain limitations, obviously, but we'll use iFollow. YouTube will be a big part of what we do. So that's one part of it. I think the biggest thing is just the engagement because that was kind of thing we were limited in before because of various restrictions we we had to work with, whereas now there's no restrictions, you know, and I think things we did at half time and, with the claim on tour, those things are going to be huge parts of what we do. Um, and, you know, and it's little things like just kind of replying to tweets and interacting with fans, you know, from things as little as that to bigger things like getting fans actively involved in different things. Um, you know, I'm constantly adding to my idea pad as we go. I'm looking at other clubs to see what other clubs do well. I'm looking back at what I did last night, what I did well, what I did do well, and see if I can draw from that. Um, and again, you know, if any if anyone's got any ideas, you can email me at media at swindontownfc.co.uk or a lot of people have me on Facebook or Twitter, so you can reach out to me there on my personal accounts and just let me know what you want to see, and we, we can look to get that that done. Because oh, this is for the fans; we're doing this for you. You know, we, we're doing this for the fans. So anything you want to see, we'll be more than more than happy to do. Um, you know, we, we, we want to do kind of more cool behind the scenes stuff for players, you know, and that will become more prevalent as we get out of this manic period and we settle into a bit of a, a groove. Um, I've got some cool video things I want to do with players away from the club that we, we can hopefully try and set up. So a- anything like that, we, you know, we want, you know, we want to run the media department as if we're a Premier League media department because that's whole, you know, Clem wants to take this club to the Premier League and we want to act as if we we're a Premier League club, because that's what the, fan, the fans deserve the best possible product by us in all in all aspects every single day. So from my point of view, I want to give fans the best possible um, product, social media, website, program. Um, you know, I was really proud of Saturday's program, you know, both the print and digital. You know, I, I thought there was a lot of content in that. And I still, programs are very important. I'm very old-fashioned in that way. Um and we can have a lot of, there's a lot we can do with the digital version too, which is great. The web, the website's always been, you know, I'm kind of from the old school in terms of written journalism. The website's always been my baby. So hopefully the kind of content you've seen on there is, 
again, that's a taster of what we want to do. It's only a little snippet so far. Um, social media, I'm having a lot of fun with at the moment. Um, it's great to kind of interact with fans and have a bit of fun and engage. And, you know, we also want to make sure that we engage with, you know, the, the supporters club, Trust STFC, the disabled club, support um, STFC women as much as we can, support the academy, you know, Swindon Supermarine today, support them when we can, um, you know, support our local community, support our local businesses. Any, you know, that's a big part of the role as well. It's not just putting a few fun emojis on Twitter. It's, it's kind of making sure everyone's connected and working together as well. So they're all kind of huge aspects of the, of the role as we move forward. Yeah, and, and thank you for not mentioning podcasts in your list of things that you've got planned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, you, you've come on here the day before transfer deadline day, um, which will be a long, long, long <laughs> day for you. So I do appreciate you coming, taking up your spare evening to talk to the pod. And as many say... Get some sleep, admin. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> to those who constantly tell me get some sleep, you'll be pleased to know today, Monday, I have, you know, I've done a little bit of shopping, binge watch Ted Lasso. So I've not been glued to the laptop. So for those who seem very concerned about my um, my sleeping habits, um, I will try and get an early night tonight as well. Um, but no, obviously it's been, you know, like I said, it's kind of been a really busy few weeks but really rewarding few weeks and you know thank you again for having me on and it, it you know it's great I'm repeating a lot of what I said earlier but it is honestly you know I feel like I'm home because I am I am home and it's the, the, honestly the best thing in the world and you know I was walking around earlier just honest, with a smile on my face again as corny as that is because I, I'm back doing what I, I do best at, with the club that I love and I think this was always meant to be I think I was always meant to come back and you know, I'm, I'm going to strive to make sure that the media side of it is on point and we give fans what they want. Um, and that's going to be our big, you know, the big mission is to re-engage with fans and get back on the top of that engagement index. And that's the big mission this year as well. Um, and, and as I said, you know, if any fans have any ideas, you know, email me at media at swindontownfc.co.uk, get hold of me on Twitter, Facebook. Um, some of you even have my number. So if you have my number, feel free to text me. Anything you want to see, we'll we'll we can work together, and and, and um, you know it should be a fun season too. Lovely stuff, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode. 
and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 